Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Here's your look at how markets wrapped up overnight. And of course, the main one is going to be the Dow Jones Industrial Average finally running out of steam after a run of 13 days. So investors cashing out and we are seeing the 30 stock index down over 230 points or 0.7% lower to 35,283 among the drags on the Dow were shares of Honeywell. And looking at the S&P 500, we are seeing a similar drop as well, down 0.6% to 4,537. And as a reflection of how choppy the session was, the S&P 500 was actually above 4,600 at one point, which would be its highest in over a year. The Nasdaq Composite down 0.6% to 14,050. Investors taking some profits in key tech shares like Microsoft and Apple. Well, let's get more insights with Tim Davis. He is the partner and executive managing director of Davis Executive Wealth Management at Stewart Partners. Tim, thank you for joining us on the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, you're speaking to us from Boston, so good evening to you. So lots to catch up on with the markets. Give us an overview first. It does look like we are running out of momentum with the um, run recently? Uh, it would appear that way. And we had a great opening here in the U.S. this morning. We were up uh, just about 2% on the NASDAQ uh, on the heels of the Facebook earnings that were just spectacular. And about, I believe it was 1 p.m. Uh, East Coast time in the U.S., the Treasury Department had a very weak Treasury auction, which sent the 10-year yield, the 10-year Treasury yield, benchmark yield, above 4%. And almost like clockwork, mm. that precipitated a sell-off that just got worse as uh, as the market came into the close. And as uh, most technicians don't like to do, we, we closed on the low. But I think it was a combination of profit-taking and a, a, just a brief scare on the 10-year eclipsing 4%. Yeah, I think in focus has been some of the stocks that had a pretty good run. So I suppose not surprised to see profit-taking play out. And of course, uh, we are looking at some of the big tech shares which have been riding on the AI frenzy of Fed. Do you see that as a bit of a blip? Is that going to come back? Yeah, that's, that's what really got this spark lit for what is this huge rally, especially in the first half of the year where in the U.S. here, we have the magnificent seven technology mm. stocks, um, and that's led by NVIDIA, and, and that's the, really the epicenter of the AI play. And, you know, there is no doubt that that is a trend and, and a, a next-gen technology, if you will, that's going to be at the forefront of, uh, of, of just about everything, um, you know, around most technology companies. And, but, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, we've been through this with, with such sectors as biotech, where, you know, you get a breakthrough on, on a cancer treatment, on uh, diabetes, whatever it might be, and all of a sudden, you know, one sector gets a lot of attention and all the money flows go to it. And, uh, and, and then, you know, that, that fad, you know, comes to pass. And, and I, I don't by any mean mean to, to belittle um, the biotech sector. I, I think it's, it's got a lot of potential, but it just reminds me of, you know, when a lot of money goes into one sector because of a craze. It's not that, that AI is, is not worth 
what the multiple on, say, a stock like NVIDIA mm. might be. Um, but you got to tread carefully. You know, when stocks are up 50, 100, 150, 200% in a, a six-month period, seven-month period, that's usually a time to... Uh, to maybe take a step back and, and, and look at the broader market. Yeah, I suppose even though if it's going up, it might not be in a straight line. And of course, a lot of indicators have been flashing the overbought signal as well. Now, how are things setting up for the rest of the year, Tim? Because you've got the Fed raising rates and leaving the door open for more. That's going to be potentially headwinds for stock markets. Good question. Um, you know, the rest of the year really is about whether or not the market breadth can continue to expand. You know, we saw that in the U.S., in, uh, in June and July, where other sectors of the stock market, other companies, and you know, such as large cap value, for example, began to finally come around. Small cap and mid cap began to participate in the rally. So if we can see a, a broadening of the rally, that would be a very good sign. If we continue to see narrow market leadership, again, from the so-called Magnificent Seven, that's going to be challenging because eventually that's going to run out of steam and, you know, like mm. you pointed out, you've already got these signs of, of, of extreme overbought technology stocks. And, you know, you really need to going forward in the, in the next six months or now less than six months, the second half of the year, we see three primary risks to the market. Um, risk number one is that is not different this time. And that is that every time the Federal Reserve in the United States has jacked up interest rates, it, and it results in a slowdown in economic growth and a slowdown in earnings. Mm-hmm. And with a current earnings multiple on the S&P 500 of 19 times, there is very little, if no room for error. And in a typical recession, the, the multiple often falls to 15 to 17 times, which would end up being put the, the S&P between 11 and 22% below where it was earlier this month. And you could put a downside target of 34, 32 we're not saying that that's going to happen. We're saying that that's the glass half empty approach if you want to look at what the biggest risk is to the economy. Risk two for us is stagflation. And what happens if, st- if inflation stops declining and the growth slows? We haven't seen that here in the United States in decades. Um, but just look back to somewhere like the period of the 1970s, and you can look at that. Now, based on yesterday's CPI report and the earnings that have come out so far, it does not appear that that is really a a front burner issue right now, but that is a risk to look out for going forward. And then finally, the third one is disinflation hurts corporate earnings. Um, As we all know, inflation does help companies to a certain extent because they can raise prices um, to keep steady with with the increase in prices for goods and raw materials. Mm -hmm. If those same things decline, and they have to start lowering the prices, then you could have a, 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 um, a negative impact on corporate earnings, you know, which would, uh, which would show up in, in a lower stock market. So yeah, that's those a, are the big three that we're looking for. We don't necessarily think they might happen, but um, that, that, that's, those are our three big worries. Yeah, that's a great overview of the risks to look out for around the horizon. Now, you've got the earnings playing out, and we've got a couple of numbers to chew on already. And what stands out for me so far has been like the likes of Chipotle. They've been saying price hikes have the potential in the next few quarters to turn away some of their customers. They've seen some signs of that already happening. What have you been noticing coming through from the commentary? Are you seeing that already, that slowdown people have been worried about just keeping people uh, more conservative when it comes to spending? Good question. Not as long as unemployment is 3.5% here in the U.S. The fact is is that we have 
somewhere in the neighborhood of 9 million job openings. Mm. It has backed off its peak um, of over 10 million, but there are still more job openings than there are people willing to take them. And as long as everybody has a job, everybody has money in their pocket. Now, it might not be as much money, and it might, you know, the inflation might have an impact and a bite on, on your paycheck, and it certainly does. But the fact is you're getting a paycheck and that employees, for the most part, make the demands. They're still the ones in charge. Until there can be a balance in the job market, that is what the Federal Reserve's biggest worry is, in our opinion right now, is that the unemployment uh, market in the United States is, is borderline dysfunctional because it is so tight and it is not healthy. So counterintuitively, we need to see a weakening of the employment market and a softening of the employment market to bring back balance between the employer and the employee and to ease that inflationary pressure that we see on the consumer services sector. You know, if you look at the ISM numbers, the ISM services index is very healthy. The ISM manufacturing index has been showing recession for, for a number of months now. So it's a tale of two economies in the U.S., but because we are 70 to 80% consumer consumption-based, a low unemployment rate will keep things going. All right, lots to watch out for down the road. We've been chatting with Tim Davis. He is the Partner and Executive Managing Director of Davis Executive Wealth Management at Stewart Partners. Tim, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me and have a good morning. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.